No, thank you for that. I always feel awkward. I should be playing. <laughs> you did a good job. Thank you. Right, so we're going to be talking this morning about holiness. I've thought about this for quite some time. And uh, let's face it, holiness of God is pretty intimidating. And if you really think about it, it's terrifying. Now, I used to have a kind of childish idea about holiness as being piety, goody-two-shoes sort of stuff. But it's much more than that. As Isaiah in the reading we had today discovered when he had, because he had an idea of what God was like before he saw what he saw. But when he had his vision of the holiness of God, it was enough to make him feel deeply flawed and unworthy to be in the same space. He saw something of God that's beyond the, the here and now, beyond what our, our senses tell us on every day. He saw beyond and he saw as God is as opposed to what we think he is. God is holy or wholly separate from all contamination of sin. He is love itself. He is goodness itself. He is all-knowing, all-powerful, and present everywhere, omnipresent. He is the eternal now. He transcends time and space. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He has no beginning, and he has no end. It's before all things, and in him all things hold together. And long after this universe burns out, he won't have aged a single day. This is God. All of that describes God as best we mortals can describe the indescribable, and we can only do that through God's revelation of himself to us through the Bible. And yet, as Ecclesiastes 3.11 would tell us, this same God has placed something of his eternal being into the hearts of every one of us, such that our lives don't really make sense without him. He is our life. He is our essence. And he is holy. So, if we have something of his life in us, why is God so alien to us? Well, we know that, the answer to that. It was sin that separated us from this essence, that alienated us from the Father of our souls. We belong to him, and that means to be like him. And Jesus even said, Be perfect even as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a tall order. Holiness is quite intimidating and, as I said earlier, terrifying. 
In much the same way as wood, hay and stubble are vulnerable to fire, we are combustible material without the holiness of God. Interesting that Emily brought this, and her and I didn't talk about it, but what she was talking to the kids about. I'm going to be speaking about it now as well. We're combustible material without holiness of God. The good news is that Christ's death, burial, and resurrection imputed to us the insulating material we need, which is his life. The only way to be close to God is to have his life in us. And that's what Jesus did. He came to give us his life. If we are in Christ and remain in Christ, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we can walk unharmed with Jesus, because that's what I believe it was, Jesus, in the fiery furnace. We're safe, hallelujah, with him. Here's another example. Imagine you were among the Israelites witnessing Mount Sinai, glowing red, and heard the peals of thunder, while Moses was up there receiving the Ten Commandments. Here's how Hebrews 12 describes it. But you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire, and darkness and gloom, and a tempest, and the sound of a trumpet, and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that was given, if even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. That sounds pretty scary. Well, of course, this was when Moses was receiving the Ten Commandments. And the fear of God was being put into the Israelites to make sure they knew his words were to be taken seriously. Along with the Ten Commandments, Moses received detailed instructions on the making of a tabernacle. This has included instructions on uh, the sacrifices and the duties of Aaron and the priesthood. Now pick up the story with Aaron's sons. Now God had already, as I say, uh, given this priesthood to Aaron and to his family, but there was, they were not to fool around with it. Take this thing seriously, and there were specific instructions to go along with it. But, as Leviticus 10 says, Now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it and laid incense on it and authored unauthorized fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. And fire came out from before the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord has said among those who are near me. I will be sanctified, and before all the people I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. Poor Aaron. 
This must have been very hard on him. But as you can be sure, Aaron took his calling to the priesthood very seriously after that. These are just a couple of examples. I could have talked about the guy that Uzzah, I think his name was, who, you know, they were having a party, moving the tabernacle of God, and, you know, just kind of as people do when they're in a party mood. He seemed to be doing a good turn in steadying the ark to stop the tabernacle falling out, but he wasn't authorized to do it. It was only the Levites. God was quite specific. You're going to move me. This is the way to do it. And so he reached out, touched the ark, and that was it. Dead. Which put the fear of God into David, who had to research, oh, hang on, <clears throat> there is a proper way of doing this, and when he got it right, uh, he made sure it was done properly the next time in moving the ark of the tab, uh, covenant. Okay. <clears throat> What am I doing with this? A scary God of the Old Testament. Perhaps he's mellowed by the New Testament. Remember this story. So these two, if you're not familiar with it, should be. It's Acts chapter 5. Had been doing what a lot of other people had been doing is that they've been selling property or whatever they could in order to raise money in order to get the church off the ground and uh, they made a deal between the two of them we'll say that this is how much we got but we'll you know we'll hold back this amount <coughs> now they could have just said we're given this amount and that would have been fine because that's true they, could, they were entitled to hang on to what they did but the, the lie was this is all we got and uh, Peter, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, condemned the lie, and uh, basically Ananias first, and then later his wife Sapphira, dropped dead, and were buried the same day, side by side. As if the gods were saying, don't mess around with this. I find it interesting, oh, this is just an aside, I find it interesting that, because I'm sure, I'm maybe being too humorous, flippant perhaps. But I'm sure we've thought, well, that was pretty hard on these two. You know, that was pretty severe. And that there's plenty of other instances where the, the, the wrath of God might have come down and spite someone. Anyone else think that? Yeah. Um, but I think it's interesting that it was, for example, with the Ten Commandments, that's when you saw some pyrotechnics, you might say, demonstration of God's power, as if to emphasize what's going on here is really important. The same as with the death of the two uh, Aaron's sons, is that that was the institution of the priesthood. Don't mess with this. This is important. And it resulted in their, the loss of their lives. With this couple... It was the church getting going. And God was saying, I'm intensely interested in this being done right and done properly. And so here's an emphasis, you might say, a bold emphasis. Don't mess with the Holy Spirit.
I think what I'm trying to say is, <clears throat> it's been forgotten in a way. It's been forgotten that uh, we think of God as love, don't we? We always think of God in terms of love. And that's what he is, obviously. He is, he is the essence of love. And we think of God as just. And we think of God as good. And we think of God as kind. And he is all of these things. But he has to be respected. That that used to be known as the fear of God, has been largely lost. Nobody wants to talk about the fear of God. They'll talk about respecting God. They'll talk about honouring God. They'll be, be fearing Him. In the line of which in the wardrobe, Lucy asked the beaver if Aslan was safe. Safe, he said? No, he isn't safe, but he is good. Think about that. Now, amazing as, as this is, that this God who is holy, terrifyingly holy, he is also wanting to be our friend that sticks closer than a brother. He has made a way through, his, through himself, through Jesus Christ, for us to participate in that same holiness. And um, I'm not going to get into it here I thought I'm just going to lay out this whole thing uh, with regard to holiness. If you go back to the slide, hang on a second. Uh, just lay out this as a sort of backdrop or introduction to what I want to talk about tonight was not so much talking about the holiness of God out there, but how he is one to bring us into fellowship with him and how that ultimately all of us are going to participate in this same holiness of God. So let's pray. Thank you. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for your word which tells us about you. And perhaps today we've just been given a, a refreshing or, a, or a reawakened to the reality of just how amazing and awesome and dangerous if we don't take you seriously when it comes to the holiness of God. And uh, pray not only for ourselves, but for the day and age that we live in where People are very casual when it comes to the things of God, <clears throat> dismissive even, relativizing you, thinking that you're of yesterday and got nothing to say to today. But nothing could be further from the truth. For Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I pray, Lord, for all of us here, Lord, that you would draw us into that Attract us, like, just draw us, Father, into a closer union with you and help us to see that you're at work doing precisely that in our everyday lives and in through our circumstances. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our, uh, Final hymn of the day is Be Thou My Vision.